Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. As I mentioned last week, we, as a site, we've had a number of different names over the last seven years. Can we tell me what was the original name? Don't bring up the PowerPoint yet. Let it be, let it be a surprise. Original name? West CCM West Didsbury. Do we have the original CCM West Didsbury? That, that logo, yeah. Apparently it was trendy back then. I put a site, like, you know, slanty, that kind of thing. So all the sites had that and the grey lettering and all. Um, and we wanted to make sure Christchurch Manchester was in there, just so anybody didn't understand what the CCM was then. Can you remember what we morphed it to? Didsbury, yeah, we got the Didsbury one, exactly the same, still staying with the kind of, you know, diagonal kind of thing. Then, after moving to Kingsburn Hall, we changed it to CCM. Kingsway, which, you know, going straight, white, bit more bright in your face. You can see how, like, design is, like, evolving in all this. And then, finally, when we moved to here last July, we changed it to CCM. Heatons, and this is like this new swanky design where we don't write Heatons on it, we just make it green. And it's interesting, through all the site changes, um, through all the site changes, the one thing that's remained constant, you think I'm going to say something really holy here, the one thing that's remained constant is our site colour has stayed green, and the font as well actually, yeah the font is the same as well. The font and the site colour have stayed the same, we've always been green, but the name has changed many times um, as well. So. And the thing I mentioned last week was Elizabeth and I, we, we, we began leading CCM Heatons. Um, but two and a half years ago, we took over for Tim and Vicky in January 2020, which was just before COVID hit. And in the, I think probably the first year and a half of leading CCM Heatons, it just felt like every decision we made was about covid and uh, the reason it felt like that was because pretty much every decision we made was about COVID, you know, about restrictions and what restrictions do we do and do we meet and like social, like how much do we distance, two metres or one metre plus? What's the plus mean? Is that a what, you know, All this kind of stuff. I mean, the amount of times we're reading government guidance and trying to figure out what does that really mean? And, you know, especially when the government weren't totally sure themselves on some things and masks and how much do we mandate masks? How much do we encourage masks? What wording do we use on that? And trying to interpret government guidance. It was all that kind of stuff. We were like a year and a half of all that kind of stuff. And a lot of you were kind of in those decisions and you know what it was like. And then about a year, and a, about a year ago, things started to kind of get back to normal. Do you remember that? Sort of last summer we thought, oh, you know, we're kind of coming through this, I think. You know, the optimists were thinking that. The pessimists were like, oh no, we're, we're still in it, but I'm an optimist. So we're kind of coming through it and getting back to normal. Now around last summer, we started to also see a steady flow of people starting to join the church. Um, so much so that I think in the last year, I did some calculations, in the last year we've seen 20 adults and 13 kids join the church here at CCM Heaton's, which is which is great, fantastic growth. And when you couple that with the fact that a number of people have also just joined the church just before COVID, what we basically had, Elizabeth and I were chatting about this, we basically had a church with a lot of people who didn't know each other very well. Some people had joined before COVID, lots of people had joined after and we couldn't really get to know each other. So basically, this time last year, Elizabeth and I decided to focus on trying to build a real sense of community here at the Heatons. So we decided to put on some stuff 
just to get people together, just get people in the same room as each other. So hence we started the, the men's and women's groups, which have done everything from curry nights to wreath making to, I don't know, one other stuff, like, yeah, loads of stuff. But just whatever it is, it could be just to get people in the, in the room, to get people to know each other. We also did things like Easter egg rolling at Pete and Becky's. They are the couple in the church who have a mountain in their back garden, which is perfect for rolling Easter eggs at Easter, which was great. Again, just gets people together. We've, we, we had the, the church lunches again to just build community there. We had fireworks also at Pete and Becky's, um, which, was, which was great. Fireworks and hot dogs, I think. We had cheese and wine. Oh, no, we had to cancel cheese and wine because of you know, COVID kind of crept back in. We canceled that very reluctantly, Adrian and I. We were very much like we had a lot of cheese left over, which we had to eat ourselves. But these kind of things... These kind of things we just tried to put in to get people who have come from loads of different places to get to know each other and build a sense of community and cohesiveness uh, as a site. And, you know, it's been so encouraging over this last year to see lots of people uh, getting to know each other better through these events and starting to build strong relationships and prayer groups and accountability groups off the back of this. And my heart is to see more and more of that as we develop in our community together. So that's a little bit of a recap of what I talked about last week in terms of where we've come from in these last few years as a site. And and I tell you that because it's helpful to look to the past before looking to the future, which is what I want us to do now. I feel now is a season for us to look forward to the future of what God wants us to do and what, what God wants us to be as a church. Now, one of the the many instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples, the ones from which all others flow, are the great commandment and the great commission. Now, the great commandment is when when Jesus says the most important commands in all the law is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself, which you read in Matthew chapter 22. The great commission is the task Jesus gave his followers following his resurrection to make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28. Now, at CCM, at Christchurch Manchester, we speak about these three commands of Jesus using the language of devotion, community, and mission. And we call these things CCM's DNA, if you like. They're what make us tick as a church. They're what we focus on. They're what we use to filter what we do and what we don't do. And these three things, we believe, are are the way to see people get saved. They're the way to see churches get planted and the way to see the kingdom of God grow. Devotion, community, and mission. So last Sunday and today and next Sunday, we're going to be looking at one each of these three things in our Sunday services. And we're also going to be looking at this in community groups too in in midweek. And my hope through this sermon series is for these sermons to help us to think about what we would like to see at CCM Heaton's in these three areas of devotion, community, and mission. Now, last week, I, I preached on the area of devotion. And then in community groups there on Wednesday, we looked at what it looks like to be devoted to Jesus and what we would like to see at CCM Heaton's, what we would like CCM Heaton's to look like in terms of devotion. And I, I don't know, there's different community groups. But at our community group there on Wednesday, some of the things people suggested that how we might grow in our devotion. Uh, someone suggested if we could have like more tools for to help with Bible study. Someone mentioned like memorizing scripture. Someone else mentioned like more equipping for kids work, you know, to help them grow in their devotion. Um, more corporate prayers, which is all great stuff. And I'm sure the other community groups had some different suggestions as well. 
And we're going to be doing the same in community groups over the next two weeks for the topics of community and mission. And then what we're going to do is we're going to filter all these ideas into like a kind of a bit of a vision strategy document that I used in a previous site. And then what we're going to do is we're going to present it all back to the church and kind of go, ta-da, what do you think? And everyone's going to go, yay, or like, oh, you've left something out, probably more the second. Um, But my hope is that this can be something that guides us over the next few years and gives us a greater sense of direction and purpose about where we're going as a site. So this morning, we're going to look at the second of these three things, which is community. And this morning, I want to focus on two things, kind of similar to the way I did it last week. I just want to focus on, firstly, what is community? And secondly, how, how we can grow in it. How do we grow in community? So firstly, what is community? Well, one passage in the Bible that helps us understand a bit more what community is, is Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40, which I'm just going to read now. It'll appear on the screen behind me, or you can follow along in your Bibles. Matthew 22, 34 to 40. It says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Never a good sign. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So last week, we focused on the first part of this passage when we looked at the topic of devotion. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. That's devotion. That's worship. That's what that's about. And then this week, we're going to look at the second part to help us think about what community is, what it is and how we can grow in it. And basically what this passage is saying is Christian community begins with loving your neighbor as yourself. Christian community begins with loving your neighbor as yourself. Now throughout the gospels, we see loads of examples of how Jesus showed love to those around him. He healed people, he forgave, he fed people. When we think of Zacchaeus and the woman at the well, for example, we see Jesus accepting people where they're at and giving them dignity. And of course, ultimately, Jesus showed love by being abused and tortured and dying to save us from separation from God on the cross. I mean, that's a big one. But one example of Jesus showing love that really stands out is in John 13. It's Jesus' last evening with his disciples. And he does a a really surprising, yet kind of beautiful, if you think about it, thing. What he does is he takes the place of a servant and he washes the disciples' feet. Now, this would have been a dirty job. It would have been a, a demeaning job, a job that the lowest of the low did. But Jesus did this job for his disciples. He washed their feet. And as the chapter goes on, he then teaches that they should follow his example. And explains that the new commandment of the kingdom is simply to love. And in verse 35, he says this. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So you see, we build true Christian community by loving each other. And we love each other by humbly serving each other. Okay, that's the key line in all this. We build true Christian community by loving each other. And how do we do that? Well, we love each other by humbly serving each other. 
Now, humbly serving each other means we put others first, we prioritize others, we give rather than focus on what we can get from others. Serving humbly always involves a cost or or a sacrifice on our part because we choose to give our time, our resources, our energy to others rather than focusing on ourselves. Now, I know that in this day and age, there are probably, for most of us, like some alarm bells that go off when we hear things like making sacrifices, prioritizing others, you know, giving rather than receiving and so on. You know, like, I don't know, I mean, if you've ever your parents or your relatives or friends, I don't know, growing up, I remember I used to hear, you know, look after number one, you know, if you don't look after yourself, who else is going to do it? <laughs> don't, don't be a walkover, you know, you're going to get, and, and sometimes that can be that attitude of like, if we're going to serve people, we're just going to get walked over. We're just going to become a doormat. I mean, and I, I think the devil really does use that to stop us serving others. And I'm sure all of us have sadly heard of institutions where this kind of teaching has been used to exploit people and abuse people, the kind of servant-hearted thing. And it's been abused. And it's important to acknowledge that. And many of us know of situations where people were hurt and sometimes even abused in the name of church community, in the name of serving other people. Okay, so that is that's something to log and record, you know, remember. But when people serve humbly, and show love and build community out of a deep love for Jesus, not because some leader or some institution forces them to, then that's an incredibly beautiful and an incredibly compelling thing. You know, because as it says in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, we're showing that kind of love. Outsiders come in and they see it and they're like, what is this? I want a piece of this. I haven't experienced this. Everyone will know, not just other believers, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another, genuinely love. And this is how Jesus wants to be represented here on earth, by his followers showing humble, servant-hearted love to one another. Now, I don't know about you, but humbly serving and loving others does not come natural to me. Confession time here. I'm sure it does to Jamie. Jamie's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. Do it all the time. I'm all about the humble serving, yeah. Doesn't come natural. I'm, to be honest, for me, it's my daily prayer for God to grow this kind of love in me and for the Holy Spirit to help me to put others first, to make sacrifices for others, and to give rather than focus on receiving. So that's, that's a prayer for me. And it's also a prayer I have for all of us that we would learn to show this humble, servant hearted love to each other more and more. Okay, so that's what community is. But secondly, how do we grow? in our community? How do, we, how do we strengthen our community? How do we practically show love to one another, serve one another, and grow in community? Well, there's so much we could say on this, but I think, first off, healthy church communities always have, as a base level, people being patient. They always have people generally forgiving each other when they have issues. And they always have people generally not gossiping. So all healthy church communities have at a base level those three things. People being patient with one another, forgiving each other, and not gossiping. That's, that's the default position. Okay, not, maybe not everyone does it all the time, but that's the default position in healthy church communities. Now, I'm sure there's other things that healthy churches have as well. I'm sure, you know, if you chat about them this week in community group, I'm sure there's other things you can come up with. Um, and, you know, I look forward to hearing them. But those three things, I think, are baseline 
in every church community that's healthy. But um, I want to just start and just look briefly um, at basically three things. If we, if we want to build a healthy church community here, there's basically three things we need to prioritize in our lives. Okay, and when the majority of people in a church prioritize these things in our lives, you get a healthy church community. That, that's what results, okay? The first thing is to show up. Okay, that's it. The second is to be open. Okay, so that's being open, welcoming others, but also being open about what's going on in your life, sharing your trouble, sharing your experience, sharing what's going on. And the third thing is to spur one another on, to encourage people, um, to help them, to not just be like focusing on your own little bubble, but to be like, right, spurring other people on in the church to live good deeds, to live a good life uh, for Jesus. Okay, so I'm just going to briefly chat about those three and then we're going to finish. So first key thing when it comes to growing in community is to show up. Okay, now Hebrews 10, 25 says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, lockdown has caused a lot of people to do just that, to get out of the habit of coming to church. And coming to church is a habit. It is. I mean, growing as a Christian is all about putting good habits into your life, and that forms you and that changes you. So coming to church is a good habit. A lot of people have got out of the way of it. That is, that's true and are kind of coming back. The first key thing when it comes to growing in community is to show up. It's to show up at church, it's to show up at whatever stuff is on at church, community groups, social events, to just be there. That's it. That's not, not so much more than that, really. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the saying, uh, history is made by those who show up. Anyone ever heard that? History is made by those who show up. It's true. I mean, you want to make history, you've got to show up and make the history rather than sitting at home. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. I want to change it to church community is made by those who show up. Now, I'm, honestly, I don't want to make this a guilt thing because the reality is I'm kind of preaching to the converted here because in terms of showing up, you're all here. So <laughs> it's fine. You're, you're kind of, you've done it. Yeah, great. So, um, but there's just, there's no other way to build community. You know, we found that in lockdown, didn't we? You know, we're limited by how much you can grow in community when everything goes online. It, it's limited. There's, it's good, but it's limited. And you know, a good example of the power of showing up is actually from my sister, my sister Lynn. She's eight years younger than me. She was 29. She's 29. And four years ago, her and her husband, Johnny, they just got married, um, newly married, got involved in a church plant up in Glasgow. And my sister comes to me and like, Andy, yeah, you've planted a church. You got any advice for us? And I was said, yeah, just show up. And she's like, what? Just show up. She's like, what, is that it? I was like, well, yeah. I think she was expecting something a bit more spiritual, you know, a bit more kind of. But I was just like, yeah, just show up to church more than 75% of the Sundays in a year. And your church leader, I've never met him, but I guarantee your church leader will love you because in you, he will see two people who he can build community with. And she's like, okay, have you any other advice? I was like, no, that's it. And to her credit, though, she, she really took the advice on board. Um, she had a chat with her husband. They were like, right, okay, how, how do we prioritize, you know, making sure we don't miss much church? So when they next booked their holiday, they tried not to miss too many Sundays when they booked their holiday. 
when the next one away for you know, a stag do or a hen party or a weekend away, if possible, if it was too far away, they'd come back on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning because like, we, we want to be here for church. Um, and that's what they did. Basically what they did was, now it's not to say that they never missed Sundays again. I mean, there's things you've got to do, there's things you've got to go to, and that's fine. But what they did was they put a principle in their life, and the principle was that they were going to prioritize coming to church and prioritizing missing as few Sundays as possible. And they talked it through, and they were like, look, we're going to make this a principle in our marriage. It's something we want to, we want to live by, and, and they have. And their church has grown loads in these last few years. They've seen numbers of people get saved. And actually, a lot of it is due to them being there, is to be there to meet new people, to welcome them, to share Jesus with them, to open their home to them. Um, And now, four years into their church plant, after the pastor of the church and his wife, my sister and her husband are the key leadership couple in that church, which has grown to about 100 people. And Johnny, my sister's husband, um, has just become the first elder that they've appointed at the church, which honestly is in large part, and more than you would think, is in large part due to the fact that they show up. They're pretty much always there. So that's the first key thing when it comes to a growing church is showing up. Second key thing when it comes to growing in community is being open. Being open in terms of of welcoming others into our lives and our homes. You know, we're not closed. We're not like, okay, like this is my little friendship group and I come to church and I hang out with them. And that's fine. There's a place for that. But we've got our eyes open on Sundays and community groups. We've got our eyes open for the new person. We've got our eyes open for the person who's sitting on their own. We've got our eyes open for the person who's just not talking to anyone. And, and what we're constantly trying to do is look at how can I include this person? How can I invite them into things? It's funny. We, we had a chat with them, Adam, Adam and Claire. Uh, they're on holiday just now, but I, uh, I had this thing. Whenever I went away over the summer, I was like, Adam, uh, see when new people show up, can you talk to them? He was like, yes, I will do that. And he kind of talked to them. It was like a kind of a stealth kind of thing. He's like, Andy, shall we call this talking to new people? Shall we give it a name? Shall we call it hashtag stealth welcome? And I was like, yes, Adam, we can call it hashtag stealth welcome. So basically, we've been having these little conversations about hashtag stealth welcome. It's basically like, you're the welcome team, but in stealth, nobody knows. And you don't have to deal with tea and coffee either. It's like really good. And all you do is you basically, you just notice whenever somebody shows up, that's new. Now, the whole kind of idea of, how, do we know if they're new or not? If, you've, if you think they're new, and if you've never talked to them, they're new. And you basically, you just go over and you say, hey, how you doing? And you talk. And that's hashtag stealth welcome, basically. So that's what we've been working on. But it's a little bit of being open. I'm opening my life up to new people. But I think being open is more than just keeping our eyes open for new people. It's also about being open about our struggles and our needs. You know, it's about allowing people from church to help us, to minister to us, rather than just keeping our problems to ourselves. You know, suffering in silence because, you know, like we're English and stiff upper lip and all that. That's what we do, you know. We just deal with our stuff ourselves. It's about being open about where we're at with stuff. You know, and I, I was thinking while we're on holidays, like as a church, hey, we're a family, you know. I, I you know, I, I, can, I can never stop thinking about, you know, you, you watch those films about the mafia and stuff, and they say something like, respect the family, and all that kind of stuff. And you think, okay, yeah, they're a gang, but hey, they look out for each other, don't they? I mean, they do things I wouldn't encourage you to do, but they're there for each other, you know. They're there, you've got a problem, I'll help you, maybe not in the best way, but they're there for each other. And I think there's something of that camaraderie, of that like, hey, we're in this together, that I just, yeah, I think it's so good that we can kind of 
do that. And, and I think what's so important is for all of us to be open about where we're at with stuff. So I want to encourage us all to be open about our needs, about our struggles, to make them known. You don't have to stand up in front of the church and be like, I am struggling. You just share it with someone, a friend, whatever. But make your needs known. And I was thinking about, like, particularly the energy crisis that's coming up. I mean, you know, who knows how the whole government stuff's going to... But, like, if people are struggling to pay their bills, hey, make that known, you know? Share it with someone in church, and we'll be able to help you out. You know, over the years at church, I've had numerous people come to me and say, basically, say... Andy, I've done all right financially. Um, if anybody is ever in trouble in church with money and stuff, just let me know and I'll help them out. So I've had numbers of people come and say that to me. And then other people in church who are like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And you just match the two up. And that's family. That's what happens. So let's be open about our needs, about our struggles. Um, and let's also be open about inviting outsiders in. And these things, I think, will strengthen our community. And final, final thing I just want to mention before we finish. Third key thing when it comes to growing in community is spurring one another on. Spurring one another on. Hebrews 10, 25, 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And in these verses, the author of Hebrews Encourage us to, to continue to prioritize meeting together, which we've looked at, but also to consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds. Now, the ways that I get spurred on by people at this church, I don't know about you, but it's sometimes through the preaching, you know, especially sometimes with Tom preaches, like, gosh, you kind of leave and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to repent and I need to change my ways. I don't know if you ever had that when Tom preaches, he just blows it out the pot. I was like, oh man. Just, yeah. But I mean, I can still remember Andy Kenyon, a preacher he preached last year. And I'm like, whoa, my goodness, I need to pray to God. And, you know, just sometimes the preaching, they just hit you. And sometimes it's encouraging and it spurs you on. I, I find that myself. Sometimes things that spur me on at church are sometimes things people say. Um, just a little encouraging word. I got a text from someone yesterday at church. Elizabeth and I got this text. Someone encouraging us, saying, hey, Andy and Elizabeth. I just feel you embody Jesus and what you do and all that. I was just like, oh, gosh, you know what? I needed to hear that because it's been a tough few days. But again, someone spurring us on. Sometimes what I felt really helps spur me on to kind of love and good deeds is, is hearing people's stories, like testimonies. You know, we had seven people got baptized yesterday at church. Hearing their stories was just so encouraging. Like one, one woman got up and she was like, yeah, I was trying to decide uh, whether I should become a Christian and I asked God to send me a sign. And then at the weekend away, I was praying and I had a vision and Jesus appeared and, and walked towards me. Jesus was there in a golden robe and came walking towards me. And she was like, I opened my eyes to see if anybody else at the weekend away could see this and nobody could. Then I closed my eyes and thought, yeah, that's probably a sign, isn't it? <laughs> And she gave her life to the Lord. It's just amazing stuff that happens. You just say, wow. Another thing that kind of helps spur me on is book recommendations. Sometimes someone reads a good Christian book and they'll say, hey, Andy, read this. And I'll be like, wow, there's one this summer I read, which is just fantastic. Really, really good. Really, really good. Now, it's interesting that the passage here doesn't say um, beat people over the heads to do good works or good deeds. 
It doesn't say guilt trip people into doing good deeds and love. You know, it, it says spur them on. It's like inspire others to do it, you know. Um, spur them on. It's like, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to live for Jesus. You know, I, there was a WhatsApp group. Oh, there's millions of them at church. But there was one WhatsApp group. I can't even remember which one it was. But there's a few people in the WhatsApp group all just sharing, which is good. They were sharing just how tough life is. You know, kids, work, everything. It's just all getting top of them. And basically, there's about six people all trying to outdo themselves, outdo the previous person about how tough their life was. You know, it's like, oh, well, oh, you think that's bad? Well, this is what happened to me. And this is what, and it just got like that. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is. And then someone just put a message in, acknowledged all the previous stuff, shared how they were doing, but just lifted the whole thing to Jesus. It was like, yeah, but you know what? We've got this amazing hope and, and Jesus and heaven. And like, it wasn't cheesy. It was like, it just, and you can almost, you can't sense, you can't really sense this in a WhatsApp, but there was almost like a collective sigh as everyone was like, yeah, you could just feel it a little bit. So you could, I was spurring everyone on. It was great, a great example of that. So let's spur one another on to love and good deeds. And also let's consider, yeah, I love that word consider. I think it's something where we're considering how we do this considering how we can spur someone on. So it's not a kind of, I'm considering how, no one right now is spurring me on, you know. <laughs> uh, no one is spurring me on, okay. No, it's consider how we are the solution to the problem and spur everyone else on. And if we all do that, everyone benefits. So my vision for community here at CCM Heaton is for us to have a community that is characterized by love, by patience, by forgiveness, by servant-heartedness, and by joy. There's fun, there's laughter. And I would love it if the most compelling thing about this church to outsiders when they visit is the community. That when, when people visit, they would, they would almost feel like they're getting a little taste of heaven. You know, that like amazing community that we're going to go to one day through what Jesus did. There'd be a little taste of that there. That's what I'd love to see. They were just like, wow, what a great community. What a sense of love these people have for each other. I would love, love, love to see that.